of not thinking a lot about eternity because we're just trying to make it through today. But your life is designed to exist for ages upon ages without end. And eternity is a real reality and you are going to live eternally. It's just a matter of how, where, and why. Nobody does not live eternally, but it does matter where you land. You may have experienced times when your life was so busy, you felt so stretched thin that you couldn't even think about the next hour, let alone your eternity. Well, in today's message, Pastor Daniel urges you to consider what will happen to you after this life. You, like everyone else, have an eternity before you. The question is, though, where will it be? Will you spend your eternal future with the Lord or separated from Him? Now, here's Pastor Daniel in 2 Peter chapter 2 as he begins his message, The Truth About False Teachers. Jesus is real. I don't know about you, but there's nothing worse than when you take bad advice. You guys ever do that where you get a piece of information and you're like, okay, I'm going to act on it, and it turns out to be the exact wrong piece of advice. So much of life is about being able to discern the good advice from the bad advice. I think about my own life. I remember when Lynn and I were first married, we got married in 2004. And I remember in 2006, we had Obadiah about a year later. And I remember I had a friend who was a mortgage lender and he was, you know, and we were renting a a little apartment and he said, you know, so Daniel, I don't understand. Why don't you and Lynn own a house? And I was like, well, you know, we really can't afford it and this. And he said, well, listen, he's like, I can get you a mortgage. Everyone's getting a mortgage right now. And I said, well, we don't really have the money. We don't have the money in the bank, you know, this or that. And he said, oh, listen, man, you don't need to worry about it. We'll get you as much as you want. We don't even need to document it. So we're talking about 06, you know. And so sure enough, you know what happened. You have the whole subprime mortgage thing. And I don't doubt, you know, I don't knock my friend for doing it. He was looking out for me. It was his business and those things were there. But I'm so grateful that Lynn and I, you know, when we looked at it, we were like, you know, we really can't afford to do this. And so we didn't. And it kept us out of some trouble. Unfortunately, for many of you, you're like, yeah, well, I did take that advice and I got myself into trouble. But depending on how serious the situation is, how the impact of bad advice can be even worse. I think about another thing. I remember when Obadiah and Maranatha were small. I guess Obadiah was about five years old and Maranatha was two years old. And Lynn had something going on. So it was like dad's Saturday morning with the kids, which is always a blast, you know. And so sure enough, I took Obadiah and I took Maranatha to the park and they're playing at the park. And I remember you know, like any good mom, because it was dad's day with the kids, she called like 19 times just to make sure that like everybody was fine and the kids are doing well and the whole thing. And so sure enough, at one point she calls and I'm watching Obadiah. He's leading Maranatha up the big slide. And he's carrying a big wheel behind him. 
you know, and so, and I'm watching this thing, and you know what it's like, especially you parents when you go to the park, right? You know what goes on, because everyone at the park is a perfect parent, you know, everyone tells you what, how you're supposed to parent your kids. You guys ever have that experience? Like, going to the park, it's like a clinic in everyone's way to parent. You know, I always wish I could just, like, take videos of it, and then, like, when their kids are, like, 15, they can remember how good of a parent you were, you know? But I remember, like, you know, and we were at one of those parks where it was, like, everybody was, like, you know, um, the perfect parent counselor. And I'm just on the phone with Lynn, and I'm watching this thing, and all of a sudden, um, Obadiah and Maranatha are on the top of the slide, and Obadiah's putting the big wheel down, he's starting to put Maranatha on the big wheel. And all these parents, you know, and I'm like one of like four dads at the park, and it's like 97 moms, and they're all like glaring at me, you know what I mean? And so I'm like, and I'm on the phone with Lynn, you know, like classic dad, you know, like on the phone. I'm on the phone with the missus, so I'm doing good, you know? So I go like this, I take the phone, I flick it up, and I say, Obadiah, you can't send Maranatha down the big slide on the big wheel without a helmet on. (laughs) At which point, Lynn screams in the phone, and all these moms literally start yelling at me. And I I was just having fun in the moment. But but you realize what horrible, like, it gives the impression that he can send her down as long as he has a helmet, you know? And so it was just like a great life moment. But it, it's, I'm sharing these stories because when you take bad advice, it gets you into the wrong situations. And given what the advice is about, it could be really catastrophic. I mean, it's one thing to maybe get a bad mortgage, right? And if that happens, obviously there's repercussions, but it's not necessarily life or death. But if you go to a doctor and you find out you have a diagnosis and the doctor wants you to have brain surgery, at that point you get a second opinion. Why? Because the severity of what the advice is being given on, you want to make sure that that's verified. Because if you don't, it can have catastrophic effects. Now, if you take that, you realize that depending on what the advice is about, depends on how serious it is, how important is it to make sure that the counsel and the teaching receive of the things of eternity is solid. You take a bad mortgage, you know, your credit gets bad, your financial state, you lose your house. Those are not good things, but they're not life-threatening things. Then you amplify that to something like brain surgery, and now all of a sudden it takes the next step. But then when we realize that eternity is eternity, following good teaching is important. And so in this Truth and Lies series of what we're doing in Second Peter, today's going to be one of those messages that the Spirit of God inspires Peter to be rough. Like he's not mincing words, he's not pulling any punches, but the reason he is doing this is because when people follow false teaching, they could end up in a lost eternity. And that is not like a small thing. That is not like a, oh, that's no big deal. Like, this is one of the most important things ever. So in order to get at this, I'm calling this the truth about false teachers. Open up in your Bibles, 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 12 to the end of the chapter 22. So 2 Peter 2, 12 to 22. So I want you to open up your Bibles. It's easy to find 2 Peter. If you start at the end of your Bible, you have the book of Revelation. Then you have the book of Judah, one chapter. And then 3 John, one chapter. 2 John, one chapter. 1 John. About five chapters. And then Second Peter. So Second Peter, of course, you can also open up if you have a smart device. You can just type in 2 Peter 2 colon 12. You'll get right there and you'll be able to read along. And we're going to jump right on in. Second Peter chapter 2 verse 12 says this, But these, like natural brute beasts make, made to be caught and destroyed, 
speak evil of things that they do not understand and will utterly perish in their own corruption and will receive the wages of unrighteousness as those who counted pleasure to carouse in the daytime. They are spots and blemishes carousing in their own deceptions while they feast with you, having eyes full of adultery and that cannot cease from sin, enticing unstable souls. They have a heart trained in covetous practices and are accursed children. They have forsaken the right way and gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Beor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. But he was rebuked for his iniquity. A dumb donkey speaking with a man's voice restrained the madness of the prophet. These are wells without water, Clouds carried by a tempest for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. I told you it's kind of a grueling text, isn't it? So in speaking of the false teachers that were going through the early church, I want to put these verses here under the heading, it's all bad. Every single one of these verses here leads us to something that's a problem. This is all bad here. And what you need to realize is that the problem with false teaching as it relates to the church of Jesus Christ, the people of God, is that when somebody is a false teacher, no good comes from it. And we have to realize how dire the situation is. And there's that part of us in this day and age where we want to be more positive that when you read something where it's so specifically bad, I don't want to take the teeth out of this. I want this to be able to sit there in such a way that you and I would realize the severity of the situation because eternity is at stake. And I think we have a bad tendency of not thinking a lot about eternity because we're just trying to make it through today. But your life is designed to exist for ages upon ages without end. And eternity is a real reality. And you are going to live eternally. It's just a matter of how, where, and why. Nobody does not live eternally, but it does matter where you land because for 60 years, that's for 62 years is the average lifespan of somebody in the West. You don't want to live 62 years one way and then lose eternity. And we need to take the long view of our lives. And I think what goes on is so many people say, well, I just want to have fun now and who cares about later? And that is not smart. See, for the early church... Don't miss the fact that when Peter wrote the second epistle, he was actually writing what would become the New Testament, but they didn't have all the writings that we can look at today. And so when the apostles would go around and missionaries would go around and they would start these churches, they would be proclaiming the good news of Jesus. The people believed it, but then false teachers would come on through and they would start to shipwreck people's faith. Now, what's interesting is today we have the Bible to check it off of, but most people don't check We live in a fact-check culture. I was reading an article about the amount of that the younger generation fact-checks things, which is great. I mean, that's why God invented Google, so you can fact-check things. Now, don't miss the fact, of course, that everything you read on the Internet is not the truth, no matter what the Internet tells you. Right? Just because it's on the Internet doesn't mean it's true. But you can check your facts. But what's interesting is as it relates to the things of God, oftentimes people don't fact-check that at all. They don't ever actually look as it's really real. And so Peter concerned 
for the church that he's writing to wants to help them understand these false teachers who have been seducing them and drawing them away, what's really going on here. So he begins in verse 12, but these, speaking of these false teachers, they're like natural brute beasts made to be caught and destroyed. Speaking of things they don't understand, verse 12, and will utterly perish in their own corruption and will receive the wages of unrighteousness as those who count it pleasure to carouse in the daytime. They are spots and blemishes, carousing in their own deceptions while they feast with you, having eyes full of adultery and that cannot cease from sin, enticing unstable souls. They have a heart trained in covetous practices and are accursed children. You see how bad this all is? Like every, it's almost like it's compounded. First he says that these are like natural brute beasts, that these are like wild animals. The only thing that, the only reason why they're there is to be caught and destroyed. They speak evil of things they don't understand. So they're not grounded in the truth, but what they do is they speak very flippantly about things that they don't understand. Notice they will utterly perish in their own corruption. So these false teachers, they're going to perish in the corruption of what they're teaching and they will receive the wages of unrighteousness. Now, this idea of the wages of unrighteousness, I think is very important because the Bible talks about wages. You think about something, wage. you work for something and then you receive the compensation for what you're doing, Right? So like if you go to your job, you put in your hours and then you receive wages or compensation for what you've done. Now, the Bible teaches about these wages because the idea here is it's the principle of sowing and reaping. That whatever it is that you sow, whatever it is that you invest, you're going to reap a harvest of that. And so the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. Now, what that means is that the wages, the compensation that a person gets for sin, which is anything that is in rebellion against God... The compensation for sin is death. So if a person sins, let alone has a sin nature that is bent on sin, the compensation for that is death. But then that same verse in the book of Romans says, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that is why we here at Crossroads and any Christian church that is truly a Christian church believes that a person needs to put their faith and trust in Jesus in order to be redeemed. Why? Because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's not a human being except Jesus Christ himself who has not made mistakes. That's one way to say it. Has not transgressed against the perfect law of God. Has not done something that isn't the best way they could have done it. As I like to say that the sin nature is not that you're as bad as you could be, that you're the worst possible version of yourself, but none of us are as good as we should be. That it's not like you always do the most horrific thing you can do, but you actually don't always do the best thing that you can do. And in every way that you and I do not do the best that we can do, that is the Bible calls a sin. And what's the compensation for sin? What's the wages of sin? Death. But... For somebody who deserves the compensation of death for living in rebellion against God, the gift of God in Christ is eternal life. It's forgiveness. And each one of us has this opportunity in front of us. Will you allow God to forgive you? Jesus has already finished the work. But what you have here 
is that these false teachers, instead of teaching the righteousness of Jesus, this good news, this amazing reality of what it means to be in Christ, they're teaching the way of unrighteousness. And what he says, they will receive the wages of unrighteousness. They will receive the compensation for what they're doing. But notice, now we start to see their lifestyle a little bit. And their lifestyle is a bit. They carouse in the daytime. They count it pleasure. They're reveling in the daytime. What should be hidden under darkness of night is now done in the daytime. They are spots and blemishes. Now, let me ask you ladies, how many of you love spots and blemishes? I don't think I've ever seen a skincare product commercial that didn't have the phrase spots and blemishes in it. You know, as I see all these pictures, you know, because everyone's got like their home-based business where they use you to make money, right? And they have all these pictures and the first picture, everyone looks all, you know, decrepit. And then six months later on this special cream, now look at this, they're like a model, you know? Why? Because those spots and blemishes are bad. It ruins a clear complexion and straight up, he's like, look, these false teachers are spots and blemishes. Notice they're reveling in their own deceptions while they feast with you. They have an angle on you. Notice in Verse 14, having eyes full of adultery, they cannot cease for sin. This picture is that literally every time they see a woman, all they can think about is adultery. They're bent on rebellion, on this sinful lifestyle. Notice, and they entice unstable souls. They have been trained in covetous practices. That idea of the unstable soul, that's a soul without faith. That's what James uses. But when someone doesn't have faith, they're like a boat being tossed about by the winds. Every wind of doctrine, they get all thrown around. And what I love about what God has done is he's given us his truth in the word of God from Genesis to Revelation. That when you trust in the word of God, you'll hear all these things, but you're not like a boat on a wave. You are anchored in the word and waves come, but you, because you are anchored, you just can roll with it because you're not going to get picked off. But you've got to ask yourself, are you the kind of person that every time something new comes up, you go off on the tangents? That's why I think it's such a gift that we've been raised in this generation with the word of God. Because it's meant to be something that stabilizes us in an unstable world. There's going to be information. There's going to be teachings and doctrines everywhere. But we don't want to be unstable souls who are pulled in a million different directions. But we want to be people who are fixed, who are rooted, who are steadfast. To explain these false teachers in verse 15, he says, They have forsaken the right way and they have gone astray following the way of Balaam, the son of Beor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness, but he was rebuked for his iniquity. A dumb donkey speaking with a man's voice restrained the madness of the prophet. He brings up the idea of Balaam. This comes from Numbers chapter 22, if you want to read it in your own time. This man, Balaam, was a prophet, and he was hired by a king to come and curse the children of Israel. But God said to him, he said, I can only come if the Lord tells me to go. And the Lord said, don't go. So he said, I can't go. And then the king came back with more money and more riches. And Balaam said, okay, you know, I can only go if the Lord tells me to go. But the Lord already told him not to go. But he really wanted the riches. And so he said, okay, you know, like if the Lord tells me to go, the Lord said, go. And then he was on the way. The angel of the Lord was there to kill him. It's a very strange story. 
and Balaam's donkey wouldn't go forward because although the prophet couldn't see the angel, the donkey did. And the donkey was pressing Balaam against the wall and Balaam got mad and started to hit the donkey and then the donkey started to speak to him in human language. And so, now we could talk about something like, well, that's why I don't believe the Bible. Listen, if you don't believe in talking animals, just go on YouTube. I love this. I was like, ah, I can't believe the Bible. It's like, it's mythology. How could an animal talk? I'm like, just go to YouTube, bro. Put a talking animal. It's amazing the things animals say. And listen, but if there is a God, and there is, and if God has control over everything which he does, and if God wants a human voice to come out of an animal, guess what? It's going to happen. And it's not like because I, I wanted to, like, it's the most rational thought in the world. If God is all powerful, God could do anything. So I noticed that some of you are skeptical. Every reason you can find out to believe the Bible, you do. Except the thing is, is you're not actually wanting truth. You just want to trust your skepticism. And I know this real well because I did this for years of my life. I could have argued anybody out of believing in the Bible. Because I didn't want to believe it. I didn't want to be held accountable by God. I wanted to do what I wanted to do. I didn't want, you know, I didn't want all these things. And so I had all the reasons why until I realized that it was all just an elaborate hoax. It was all just me wanting not to have to change. I just want to have to be different. So I have no problem as a educated, rational person to believe that this donkey could talk to this prophet. Because I believe it's possible. And you may say, well, you know, their trainers train them how to say it. So their mouths can vocalize. That's fine, right? And if God wants to now give them something to say, then what's the problem? God can do anything. God spoke the world into existence. He sustains you and all of us every single moment. You don't think he can handle that? Of course he can handle that. But what we learn here is that Balaam is an example of these false teachers because what we learn here is that what Balaam really wanted was he wanted the money. He loved the wages, it says, of unrighteousness. Even though God had blessed the children of Israel and Balaam was not allowed to curse them. What Balaam really wanted was he wanted the money that came from being a prophet. So even though he wasn't able to curse them, if you read the story, Balaam blessed them three times. He actually did tell that king how to stumble the children of Israel by sending the women into the land and for the men to be enticed and drawn away. But what Balaam really was interested in is the money. And guess what? There is a lot of money in being a false teacher in the church. Lots of money. And if you don't believe me, just do a search of the richest pastors in America. People making millions and tens of millions of dollars on the message of the finished work of Jesus. The fact that God loves you and sent his son to die on a cross. It's one of the reasons many people are put off by church. Because all of a sudden you're like, how is this possible? Because people, just like Balaam, get into the things of ministry, not for the things of God's kingdom, but for their own enhancement. Now, we're reminded that even though Balaam loved the wages of unrighteousness, he was rebuked for his iniquity, a dumb donkey speaking with a man's voice restrained the madness of the prophet. Jesus is Today, Pastor Daniel shared that it's vital that you take some time to consider where you'll spend eternity. He also warned you to watch out for the people who will try to lead you astray. They don't care about your eternal destiny. They're only after money and influence. These false teachers will undermine the things of God, replacing the truth with lies. That's why it's so important to check what you hear against the truth 
of God's word. Cling to the truth and don't let the lies gain purchase in your heart and mind. Hey everybody, Pastor Daniel here. I realize that there are many of you, you're not a born again follower of Jesus. You've never put your faith and trust in Jesus. But as you've been listening, you've been saying to yourself, I want to begin to follow Jesus. I want to help you do that right now. We're going to pray a simple prayer that just acknowledges who Jesus is in your life. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I'm giving you my life. Thank you for saving me. I believe in you, your life, your death on the cross, and your resurrection. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. For those of you who just received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I'm so excited for you. I want to help you take your next steps with him. So pull out your mobile phone, text the word SAVE to 51400, S-A-V-E-D to 51400. And my team will get in touch with you. We want to get some more resources in your hands to help you on this journey. Make sure to tune in again as Pastor Daniel will share more about what God has to say about false teachers and how to guard against them. You'll learn that what they focus on in their teachings can give you insight into whether or not they're from the Lord. Are they pursuing the things of God or are they misappropriating Scripture so they can seek out carnal things? There's more to come from Pastor Daniel's series called Truth and Lies. Please glance at the clock right now and make plans to join us again for another edition of Jesus is Real Radio.